Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe has the day off, so Mr. Ben comes in. He gets to enjoy life in the tent. And we got uh, we turn the oxygen off. We turn the nitrous on. Now, you will get fresh air from the roof vent or the ceiling vent. I like uh, at the dentist office. <laughs> this will only hurt gonna, a little bit. You're going to start laughing. Yeah, that's what Governor Wolf said a month ago. Oh, boy. He's... Uh, He's in a little bit of a political purgatory, maybe? Yep, yep, yep. You see memes. It's funny, he was almost anonymous as a governor for so long. Now now all of a sudden, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I, 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 I think after eight years, we'll, we've said this before in the show, and it's after eight years of his administration, we have slept, walked through eight years of legislation that could have got done and should have got done. However... He has slept walked together with the House and the Senate of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. controlled by the Republicans. So ask yourself, what in the Sam Hill <laughs> have they done to improve the lives of Pennsylvanians? I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Yeah. Well, taxes haven't gone sky high. How about that? That's the upside. All right. All right. Well, you are listening to On the Markets, the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. Our sponsor, the Sunbury Motor Company. They're not doing car sales right now, but the Quick Lane uh, Towing Service, Body Shop, Alignment Shop, plus they can pump you up with nitrogen. Uh, that is all operational, and you can make your appointments for said activities at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us one 800 795 you can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. We have on the news line here Cliff Readers. He's past president of the Pennsylvania Trial Lawyers Association. Uh, he has a curriculum vitae that's about a mile long, so he comes with just the most fabulous. It's a shame I don't need anything legal-wise because he's really an expert in so many areas. He's a member of the Pennsylvania Patient Safety Authority, and he's one of the founding partners of Readers and Travis up in Williams. Sport. Good morning, Attorney Readers. Morning, Thanks for. Morning. I do appreciate. I, I'm doing great. How are you doing up there? Good, good, very good. I hope everybody's healthy and, and happy and and doing well with uh, you know the current situation. All your listeners and you and your family as well. By the way. Well, thank you very much. I do appreciate that. Well, we talk about COVID nineteen and the law. Uh, this is an area where you were not an expert in the past, but you have had to pick up expertise along the way. What does that phrase mean to an attorney when you start to talk about COVID-19 and the law? Well, so it's a reflection of everything else in the law. There are a lot of components to it. And uh, in a sense, we, we did have an expertise in it, our firm and people like us, because um, it deals with many different arenas. For example, is a commercial arena. So you have um, you have these various uh, programs like the like the CARES program for businesses and for individuals and for nonprofits. You know, to get money from the government, SBA involvement. So there's that whole component, what I would call the commercial area 
Uh, and the area that you know you and a lot of your listeners are probably interested in as well um, is the civil rights area. To what extent does this affect civil rights? Can the government do what it's doing? Can it close businesses? How long can it tell you to close your business? Can it put you out of business? Um, what is its obligation if it puts you out of business because it closes you down? I couldn't help your, your, uh, you talked about one of your sponsors. It's a car dealership. Well, you know, the car dealerships are not selling cars. If they're not selling cars, how long can they not be selling cars for before they go out of business? Um, what about their property taxes? Are they going to get property tax relief? Um, so there's, there's so many issues. It, it involves every single component of our way of life. Um, when you stop society, when you say we're going to stop society from functioning, um, then, and this may be the first time that that, that in history, that that has occurred through government decisions, through government fiat. I mean, we've had epidemics before, we've had pandemics before, we've had wars before, but, uh, but usually it's not the government telling you you can or can't live a normal life. Now, I, my parents lived through World War II, you know, and they talked about how that affected their daily lives. All my relatives were, were in the Army or the Navy or the Air Force and did something during the war. And, of course, their daily lives were, were totally affected, and for years, you know, not just for a matter of months. But um, here you've got the government in the current situation telling people very specifically where they can go, where they can't go, what they can do, where they can run their businesses or not. So, you, you know, you have in it, supposedly in peacetime, although President Trump did call it a war, but um, supposedly in peacetime you have a, an intrusion by government in the daily lives of people. Now, you know, if, if I can go on for a second, um, you still with me? It, Mark? Yep, go right ahead, please. We're listening. Yeah, yeah no, I want to make sure. So if we, for example, my wife and I, my family, we, had, we went to uh, Israel uh, back at the end of February uh, to visit one of our kids. We have a daughter who served in the military there and uh, uh, went to law school and just had a baby. Uh, and our, not only were our flights canceled coming back, but in fact the airline closed down. Uh, we went on Israel's national carrier, El Al. The government closed it down, period. No flights back to the U.S., no tickets, no way to get back to the U.S. So we wound up camping out, living in a, an area called Bat Gilim. So Bat Gilim is not your tourist place. It's not Jerusalem. It is a, I'm just not even how I possibly could describe it. It's, it's basically a small town um, adjacent to Haifa, which is a port city. And Haifa is well known for its port. It's well known for the Rambam Medical Center, which is one of the biggest and best medical centers in the whole of the Middle East. Um, and, uh, and it was adjacent to a large military base. So we were living in that kind of community, um, which was heavily Russian, Arab, and Jewish, um, of small two, three-story um, apartments or garden apartments, um, probably built in the between the 30s and the 50s. And uh, I would call it very, you know, kind of very basic working kind of area, working class area. And that's where we stayed for, you know, almost two months living through um, through this. So it was very interesting, not only reading about, because of course we're avid readers. And, you know, we read every day what's going on in the States. We talk to family and friends, and of course, our business, which was running remotely up in Williamsport. So we, we knew what was going on in the States. Plus, we were, of course, had the uh, interesting uh, vantage point of seeing how it was being handled in Israel. And Israel has been, I've read some articles recently, that uh, of all the countries in the world, they were said to be the safest place to be or the best organized place to be during this epidemic. So it's interesting seeing how they ran things there and what we knew about how things are being run in the States. We just arrived back yesterday, Thursday. So we had an interesting vantage point to see how government and different kinds of government and how people and how citizens handle things differently. 
So what was really different, I think this is really worse for Americans to sort of try to get their arms wrapped around. A lot of things are different. You're dealing with a different culture, different society, different religions, different everything. So, you know, I can go on all day about the differences, but I think that, uh, as I think about it, the most noticeable difference is that in, in Israel, everybody has done, most people have done, some sort of national service when they graduated from high school. They didn't go off to college. They didn't go off to drinking parties. They didn't go off to Daytona Beach. They, uh, they, they went to the military, and they served two years, three years, five years. Whatever they served, they served. Most people, not all. Um, some, uh, some of the, many of the Arabs do not serve, but almost all of the Druze do serve. And the Druze are an offshoot of um, Islam in the 11th century. Um, they are loyal to the Jewish state. They realize they'd all be dead if they didn't have the Jews to save them. So the Druze do serve. Most of the Arabs do not. And um, some, um, what, what Americans call ultra-Orthodox Jews, do not serve. So the majority of people, however, the great majority of people either serve in the military or have some relationship with the military uh, for their, um, you know, for two or three years before they go to college. So when a society has a, a, something like this, some dramatic thing happened to it, it's much easier to pull people together. Um, people are more disciplined. They're more used to saying, um, yeah, let's, you know, let's try to work together. What do we do? What do you want us to do, government? You know? Uh, also, and it, it, it's a country where it's much easier to say to the military, look, we want you to help out civilian areas. Now, here, if you send the military down the streets and down Lancaster Avenue in you know, Philadelphia or you know, Front Street in Harrisburg or wherever you are, you know, people would completely freak out. Um, whereas there, they welcome. These are our friends. These are military people. We serve with these people. We know these people. We, they're, they're helping us with the country. They don't come in armed. I, I don't think I ever saw an armed patrol in Israel during all of this. For example, you aren't allowed to walk or run on, on the beaches. Of course, keeping an Israeli away from the beach in the springtime is like asking a bird not to chirp. And so, you know, they would have these kind of civil patrol guys out asking people not to do that. So we, among others, violated that rule now and then. We just could not stay away from walking down the, the Mediterranean Sea. And somebody would come up to you who you didn't even really know if they were a cop or not because they were unarmed. They were just wearing a black shirt with a Star of David on it. And they would say to you, Yom Tov, you know, good day, Chag uh, happy holiday, because it was the Passover, Easter holidays. And they say, yeah, please go, you have a buy it, please go to your house. <laughs> and uh, some people listened to them, some people did not. But again, it's a society where people are used to working together. They have fought external enemies who want to destroy them, you know, every day for hundreds, thousands of years. So the concept of working together is part of the psyche, even when they don't like what they're having to do. Well, President Trump uh, says. Find, uh, President Trump uh, says we have. In this country, go ahead. You know, people, people are very oppositional uh, in this country. People would get angry. What do you mean you're going to tell me I have to wear a mask? What do you mean? Now, we can get into the constitutional ramifications of all of that, which is sort of the next part about what I, I want to talk about. Is it legal or not? And why is it legal or not to, to make people do things that they don't want to do? Um, whereas not to do things that they're used to doing. That, that's a whole other issue. But the question is the, the attitude of people. And um, you can see the difference in attitude the minute we flew into Newark. You know, it's a, it's a completely different mindset in this country as to whether you're on the same page working together on a problem or whether you're kind of annoyed by the whole thing. And that difference was really palpable. Um, there was no hoarding, for example, in Israel. From the very beginning, you know, we'd read all these articles about toilet paper in the U.S. 
you know, and food disappearing and disinfected. So we were a couple of blocks away from a small market, not not a very big market, served that whole Botgalim community, by the way, relatively small size market, I would say, you know, half the size of a wife or a giant, maybe a quarter the size, never saw anybody push or shove. There was never a shortage of anything. I mean, never was there a shortage of a roll of toilet paper disinfectant. People waited their turn, they waited in line, they cooperated. Um, and if it was hoarding, you know, I, I, we certainly didn't see it. There was no reason to. Well, let me stop you there. Um, let me stop you there and, yeah. and say, if we're going to talk about civil liberties in the U.S., can the governor force me to stay at home, go fishing within 15 minutes of home, only 15 minutes from home, stay six feet from other people? Can he make me wear a mask? Okay. So the answer to your question is that the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania just decided that question. And, uh, and I knew somebody would bring that case. Very, by the way, we too, our law firm, um, were very inconvenienced by that. And we saw that we know that some law firms were granted exemptions that had political ties to the governor's office. And we know some firms that did not, that were not granted those exemptions. Um, so the whole thing was, seemed extremely arbitrary, the way it was handled. So the answer to your question is the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, which has seven members, decided by a four to three vote um, that the governor could do that. So what did they base that on? They based it on um, basically two things. They based it on the, um, the fact that the, uh, the Constitution and the legislature uh, has given the governor a state of emergency powers. And when a state of emergency is declared by the governor, by the federal government, anything goes. And that's, that is given by virtue of the police powers of the 14th Amendment. The police powers, um, you know, affect our civil liberties to a tremendous extent. And those who have studied constitutional law and have gone to law school, um, we read there's a whole section of constitutional law on police powers. And when you look at the, how police powers have been exercised since the founding of this republic, it's pretty dramatic. Don't forget, during the Adams administration, people were thrown in jail for criticizing the government. I mean, you know, there were editors and publishers, people like you, who, uh, they don't like what you say, the Alien Sedition Act was passed, you, you know, you go to jail. And, and, and journalists did go to jail during the uh, beginning of this republic. Uh, they say Washington wasn't too crazy about it, but, you know, Adams' hand-picked guy was also a federalist. You know, he didn't have any problem with it. So uh, you had seizure of, of steel mills by Truman. You had all kinds of things happen throughout the history of this country. You had Lincoln suspend the writ of habeas corpus during the Civil War. So the police powers have been used to justify lack of democracy, you know, since the beginning of this republic. Uh, and it's all based upon the state of emergency legislation and the 14th Amendment. Now, the point I want to make about that, um, and it is pretty remarkable and it is pretty shocking to people who haven't lived through those cases or lived through those times have been exposed to it, is what I would call um, judicial activism. And judicial activism became kind of, as you know, a dirty word. It was something that conservatives said about liberals. Oh, well, look at these people. They came up, where, where do you get in the Constitution the right to have an abortion? Where do you get in the Constitution the right, like Cantwell versus Connecticut says, a right to buy birth control? Well, of course, what the judicial activists said is a right is inherent in the Constitution. Yes, there's no specific thing about that, but it's part of the penumbra, penumbra of the Constitution. Anybody know what a penumbra is? A $2 bill for anybody who knows what a penumbra is. It's the shadow so, cast by an eclipse. Yeah. That's right. You get the $2, and I want you to know I do have $2 bills with me. So I carry them for good luck. So uh, that's exactly what it is. It's what you see around the edge. You know, you don't really see it in the sun or whether, depending on whether it's a solar or lunar eclipse. You don't really see it directly in the object. You see it kind of around the edges, the glow. And that's the penumbra. 
and what the and what judicial activists has, have always said is well, there's just there's just penumbral rights. These penumbral rights are a right of association, not in the Constitution, but we kind of find it, we discern it from substantive due process. Um, you know, the right to for a woman's right to choose. It's it's part of the penumbra, um, and you can go on and on and on with all of these things. However, there's such a thing as conservative judicial activism as well. And uh, you see it, for example, the Supreme Court has decided it was with respect to some of the Second, Second Amendment cases. The United States Constitution doesn't say a thing about handguns, okay? But those who felt that the Second Amendment should protect handguns, for example, um, said, well, you know what, even though it's really not in the Constitution, nothing about protection for use of handguns, they talk about militias in there, right? Nevertheless, you know what, it's part of the penumbra. Now, they don't use the word penumbra, okay? They, they, they look at it a little bit differently. They say, well, we think that's really what the history shows us was meant about the Second Amendment. But if you're really going to be honest, if you're really going to be honest and you read the debates on the Second Amendment, it's not that clear. It depends who you listen to. Some of the founders thought it was very broad legislation, yes. Some of the founding uh, fathers of this country did not think that. They thought it only pertained to a militia and the use of, of long rifles. So, you know, it, it, the judicial activism door swings both ways, and that's really the point I wanted to make on this program this morning. So um, you've got now those who say, well, you know, the, the, the Constitution really was meant to protect individual rights and liberties, like the right not to wear a mask. Or the or the right to refuse to stand in a line when you get your toilet paper. All of these things are about about personal liberties that we really think should be you know really uh, the founders meant to be in the Constitution. They really that's what they were talking about when they talked about life and liberty. That's that's what liberty really meant. Well, the problem with that is that's not what the jurisprudence says. You look at the jurisprudence on liberty. They were talking about very specific narrow interests. You know, they were talking about you can't take somebody off the street and lock them up. Now, I'll tell you a very interesting thing about that. Let's talk about that. Uh, when we were when we were in Israel, I was standing uh, in front of my daughter's house, and I looked across at the bus stop across the street. And there was a man, I believe an Arab man, who was there at the bus stop, because the buses were not running. And a uh, policeman and a couple of civil defense people went up to him. And I understand the language well enough, Hebrew and Arabic, to, to be able to kind of eavesdrop on the conversation. And uh, one or two of those guys were armed, and the other one or two were not. And they asked the guy to, to move. Um, they, they shouldn't be there. Buses weren't running. And he refused to move. And uh, I, I watched this whole thing unfold. It was pretty interesting. Then one of them called a bus. The bus pulls up a couple of minutes later. Of course, the bus is empty. Bus driver's wearing a mask. I can see that. And they tried to urge him to get in the bus. They wanted to take him for testing. He looked like maybe he was ill. You know, he was acting oddly. He wouldn't get in the bus. He said, no, no, he's not going to get in the bus. And so this goes on. This has gone on for 10 or 15 minutes. And the guy refused to get in the bus. So finally, um, the, the, the armed guys, the two or three armed guys walked away. They just walked away from him. They left the, the other guys who looked like civil defense, or maybe social worker types, to, to argue with this guy, to try to get him to go in. And, and the hospital was right behind him, by the way. I mean, it was literally right there. It was the bus stop from the hospital. So, <laughs> so he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't cooperate at all. Finally, one of the, uh, one of the civil defense guys, one of the unarmed guys, kind of gives him a shove. Like you pain in the neck, you know. The guy gets up and shoves him back. The other guy got up and shoved him back, and they walked away from each other. And they left him there. So I went up to one of the guys, and I said, well, what was that all about? And the guy said, look, we pushed as far as we could. We can't arrest him. We can't. We're not going to drag the guy off the street. You know? It's, it's, you know? So uh, they walked away, and then he disappeared. He walked the other way. 
Um, now, in th- now, in this country, what would have happened? You know what you and I both know what would have happened. Uh, you violate uh, a curfew law, something like that, you're going to be arrested. You're going to be, you know, thrown in the back of the paddy wagon. So, um, you know, in this country, we, we talk a lot about the Constitution, but the problem is when you go beyond masks and beyond tests and that kind of thing, now you start taking people off the streets. Um, and I don't believe you can do that. Um, under the Constitution, under the Fourth Amendment, under the Fourteenth Amendment, under the Fifth Amendment, uh, I don't think you can start taking people off the street unless they have committed a discernible crime, um, a crime that's made a crime by the legislature, and to, unless it's probable cause, um, and there's of course a right to be heard at a probable cause hearing. So uh, I think when you start to get into the more, um, let's see, physical or intrusive um, components of this. Then you run into the uh, the constitutional aspect um, to a greater extent. But my the point I, I really wanted to make is that judicial activism swings both ways. It's been used to protect those in society, uh, and it's, uh, in a way that, that seems like far fetched from the intent, right? Original intent. But we've also seen it used by conservatives when their agenda, um, you know, winds up, uh, you know, on the front burner. Activism, in my view, was always dangerous. And there are very few really principled uh, strict constructionists out there, very few. Um, you get a kind of an interesting guy like Clarence Thomas on the U.S. Supreme Court, who's much maligned by the, by the left wing and um, uh, sort of dismissively dealt with by the, by the right wing. So he is he's a pretty strict constructionist. And there were some people like that on the court, even some liberals like that on the court previously. Um, you had a guy like William O, uh, like uh, Justice Black, for example. Justice Black, one of the greatest thinkers who ever served on the court, or Justice Holmes, who was thought of as one of the greatest. They were strict. They were strict constructionists, whether it was the left or the right, that was trying to bend the Constitution to their own women will. There are very few people who who can be seen as being that. Um, uh, that protective of the Constitution. Well, we got to so, stop you there. Uh, to, to tell you the truth, yeah. we got to stop you. We're just about out of time. You have a sort of a 30-second wrap-up to kind of finish up things here today. Yeah, so my 30-second wrap-up is beware of your constitutional rights. You know, you never know what you got till it's gone. You know, big yellow taxi. And really, people should be thinking. I think it's good that people are thinking about these things. But when you think about them, realize what's good. The sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander. Any any particular political philosophy that starts to bend the Constitution so they can do what it wants to do um, is always going to cause trouble eventually, not only for the other side, but eventually for themselves, too, because the same argument will be used against them. So that's what I'm, I'm saying to people. Be, beware of inconsistency. Beware of hypocrisy in interpretation of the law. Well, sound Thank advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, sound advice. Thank you so much, Cliff. I really appreciate your analysis. Welcome back to the USA. I appreciate that. And uh, for the analysis, we certainly will talk again. There'll be more lawsuits and more words about uh, COVID versus the law. So when that happens, we'll turn back to you. Thank yes. you, sir. There'll be plenty. Thank yeah. you. Thank Thanks. you. Have a great day. Be well. Okay. Thank you. Attorney Cliff Readers of uh, Williamsport, past president of Pennsylvania Trial Lawyers Association. Readers Travis up in uh, Williamsport. We'll take a quickie break. Or we will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Well, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We've got a couple of minutes left before the top of the hour. We've got one correction for our good attorney. Uh, one of our listeners says there were handguns when the Bill of Rights was written, and they were used by the people. So the Bill of Rights does include handguns when they're talking yeah, about arms. the right It doesn't say long arms only. And another point, arms. too, I think, um, I hate to say this, but uh, from the standpoint that uh, I've, I've traveled to Newark, New Jersey, and you can notice the difference. <laughs> you don't have to come from another country to go to go Newark, New Jersey, and notice the distance. You, you, I mean, there, there's a difference. Right, uh, and they're not happy to can, see you there. I do know no, that. No, the distance can be thousands of miles ago. or hundreds of miles, and there's a difference in Newark, New Jersey. One of our listeners yesterday said she couldn't find peanut butter, and for that person, one of our listeners says, for that caller, she should go to the Surplus Outlet on Route 11 just outside mm-hmm. North Hamilton. They have lots of peanut butter, and maybe not her favorite brand, but it tastes just as good. They also had boiled peanuts in six-pound cans, mm. which is a southern treat, I hear. Yeah, says put Dave. those uh, boiled peanuts in your Coca-Cola so and uh, you drink that. your Coca-Cola, and at the end you'll have a couple boiled peanuts. Take them out of the shell, put them down there, and that's a southern treat. But uh, Wise Markets had plenty of peanut butter yesterday. Uh, they had a guy named Peter Pan handing it out. Oh, really? Oh, no, that was the guy dressed as Peter Pan, but... Uh, no, they have plenty, plenty of peanut butter. Haven't 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 uh, seen peanut butter being off the shelves. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. The key number to know for our next segment coming up during the nine o'clock hour. We'll have news headlines, and we're going to talk about a big protest Monday in Harrisburg. Lots of folks fed up. This is WDK. Okay, Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings and welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence, Mr. Ben Reichley, a Republican committee person, local business person. Uh, he used to work at a fine local business. Now he works at home for the fine local business, I guess. <laughs> which is uh, employee-owned. I so guess, yeah. yeah. All the workers uh, are at home. A lot of people working from home. At some point, uh, there's not a lot of work to do. But Now, our critical utility infrastructure projects continue in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay, so those are continuing. You can't pave a road, but you can dig it up and fix the pipe. Yeah, under. there's a pipe problem and okay. certain things, and that's the confusion, and, and uh, you know, we can get into it afterwards, but uh, let's let's look at what's going on in some other areas, some other states, and then let's look at what's not going on in, in our state or our commonwealth. All right. At, at 9.15 this morning, we're going to entertain a call that was an invited caller uh, who is going to one of the protests on Monday. A couple of different groups have organized to make sure that the governor gets the message and the legislature gets the message that they want uh, this some sort of a gradual partial opening or lifting mm-hmm. of the uh, stay-at-home order, or, or they want all of that rescinded mm-hmm. so that Pennsylvania can get back to business. Fight the power. Fight right. the power. Right. 
nice. Isley Brothers. The governor hadn't heard of it. He, he did his t- conference call yesterday. If folks want to hear that whole conference call, yeah, we have it uploaded at WKOK.com. But did you he? Can, he, he, did, he said he didn't know about the protest. Oh, did he do it while he was driving in his Jeep? No, he's at his house. He's oh, working okay. from home. Least he could do is go to the governor's mansion so they could yell from uh, there, but no, nope, he's at home. I, 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 I don't want to pull a Joe and correct you, but Pennsylvania does not have a governor's mansion. It has a governor's residence. Oh, I got you. Okay. On the market, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open now. You can call us and get in queue. We're going to do open phones here in a moment after the news headlines. Call us now, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. That's 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at on the mark at WKOK.com and text us at 70236. That's the Text Connect system. Mm. Uh, the system is designed to let you know when there's breaking national or local news, major road closures around here, tornadic weather on the way, uh, or any other breaking stories. We also use it for dead celebrities. But in this particular case, uh, we've sent out about a dozen messages in the past month about schools shutting down for good and for the spring and a wide range of other topics have gone out via Text Connect. And uh, so we invite you to sign up for that at WKOK.com, right where it says connect with us. Draw that down, and you can see the uh, Text Connect messaging system is there. And then you can use it for two-way communication. Just reply to a previous message or start up a new one at 70236, and you can utilize WKOK's Text Connect. We don't sell the list or anything. It's just an opportunity for us to stay in touch with you. In the news today, Snyder County commissioners are joining other elected leaders calling on Governor Tom Wolf to consult with local leaders rather than the governors of neighboring states when it comes to formulating Pennsylvania's economic reopening plan. In a letter to the governor this week, Commissioner Chair Joe Kantz asking for local officials to be used to be part of the reopening plan instead of the governors from surrounding states. But Governor Tom Wolf says all that's for naught. There is no plan, no timetable, no indication when non-essential businesses will reopen. While Governor Cuomo in New York said May 15th will be the next uh, target date for the lifting of the stay-at-home orders and the reopening of business. Governor Wolf, in an excerpt of his news conference yesterday, says he hasn't yet formulated any plans that would lead to a reopening. I think that, that we ought to stay the course uh, right now. This is hard. Uh, it, is, it is devastating the, the economy, no question about it. Uh, but uh, uh, letting this virus uh, overwhelm the health care system uh, and, and the ability of, of Pennsylvanians to, to resist it uh, would be even worse for the economy. So I'm, I'm trying to keep uh, um, doing what, what I'm doing. You can hear that entire mm-hmm. conference, news conference call at WKOK.com. Uh, many people are asking the governor to rescind those orders. Boy, that just dude with confidence, leadership, ability. He was, you know, really talking uh, up what's going to happen or possibly going to happen. Holy smokes. <laughs> I mean, his glass wasn't half empty. His glass didn't have a bottom. I mean, yeah, yeah, listen to the news conference. Well, I, I said at the beginning of this crisis uh, uh, over a month ago, we'll, we'll now see who we really are. So now you hear, you get to hear how the governor speaks extemporaneously, and uh, uh, it's he's uh, it takes a while for him to formulate thoughts. Just leave it at that. That's comforting. Greater Susquehanna Valley United Way and Chamber of Commerce tomorrow distributing more fabric masks, not the N95s or the medical masks, but the fabric masks that are all handmade by volunteers. Uh, 
It is tomorrow at the WNL Nissan site, which is in Shemokin Dam, the former Kmart parking lot. The mask distribution will take place from noon to 2 p.m. and will be a drive-through style giveaway. Don't show up till noon. No early birds this time. Will colleges be able to meet on campus this fall? Bucknell, Susquehanna, Bloomsburg, and Penn State say who knows. Some schools nationwide have indicated they won't have fall campuses, but uh, those local schools say uh, they do not know yet. U.S. Congressman Fred Keller says uh, when it comes to economic relief, there is a little bit starting to take place because of the CARES Act. I know some people have already received checks, so there's some people who have already gotten the $1,200 checks from the Internal Revenue Service and so on. Just the end of last week, $125 billion went out to Pennsylvania health care providers and hospitals in the Commonwealth. And, uh, you know, the SBA rollout uh, for the Paycheck Protection Loans have been, uh, the applications uh, started, uh, you know, probably 10 days ago or so. Keller said applications are starting to be accepted and things are starting to move in the right direction for economic relief. Uh, he was on Monday's On the Mark program, and you can hear his interview on the WKOK podcast page. The Friday night lights will be lit tonight at uh, high schools around the valley to honor people affected by the COVID pandemic. PIW District 4 member schools in our area will do two things, honor the class of 2020 while supporting first responders, health care workers, and others by lighting up their stadia tonight for 20 minutes starting at 8.30 p.m. You cannot go on school property. School bo- scoreboards will be displaying the score 2020 in honor of this year's graduating class. Well, fourth down and 19 yards to go will be displayed as the down and distance <laughs> signifying that COVID-19 is nearing its final down. And hopefully it'll fumble and uh, we'll beat that. Valley residents, again, not permitted on stadium grounds. Yeah, yeah, hold it. So how do people get to be involved in this? If you can't uh, be on stadium, you can ground. surround the stadiums. I know you can see the Seals Grove Stadium, Harold well, L. Bolick Stadium from, from my mom's house, Broad Street. Uh, boy, yeah, you can see the lights. They'd like people too to dress like in school colors and go out like on their porch and cheer or use noisemakers and things like that at 8:30 for you know that 20 minute period. Okay, so and, then, and then take pictures or videos and post them on social media. We'll take uh, But hold it. The, the, okay, so the lights are lit up. Um, I'm gonna be politely and say I live. I live a a nine iron or a pitching wedge from from the stadium, but so if people live in Schmoke and Dam, uh, they'll be able to see the lights at Chickalimi Stadium. They won't be able to see the lights at Seals Grove Stadium, uh, and you're not supposed to go around the stadium. But they're lighting it up and creating a hub of the stadium. So why won't people be attracted to the hub? Finally, President oh, Donald okay. Trump. <laughs> it's, that's a police question. I'm sorry. The late, great police would have asked that question. Finally, uh, President Trump yesterday says he's going to ask for governors to do a phased-in approach to return to normalcy, calling it a science-based idea. The new guidelines would ease restrictions in areas where there's low transmission of the coronavirus while holding the line in harder-hit areas. President Trump says he's leaving it up to the states to call the shots. He's back down on his claim that he had. He and only he had total authority to reopen the states when he saw fit. Um, I think he, uh, there was uh, pluses there and some minuses, and even Morning Joe was a little constipated this morning trying to find <laughs> problems <laughs> with, with, with this. Uh, uh, you know, but, but we're seeing the the just an abysmal media collection of um, 
I don't know, it's almost laughing hyenas. Thank you, Rob, for that great information. So we hope everybody yeah, so, is. Yeah, uh, so put on your collars and uh, look outside and uh, don't go near it, but uh, take part in it. Okay. Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in today. Hey, up here in Columbia County, uh, in the Bloomsburg area, one of our biggest and one of the best employers is Autoneum, which used to be the old uh, McGee Carpet Factory. And uh, our local politicians petitioned the governor to, and, and actually passed a law trying to say, hey, we need to get this open. And the reason for that is is because Autoneum has plants open in surrounding states. And in South Carolina, they're actually building a new Autoneum plant, and it looks like we're going to lose some of that, uh, some of our business to that facility down there and, and the truth of the matter is bottom line is our plant is in danger of, of, of shutting down you know possibly for good uh, but the governor uh, vetoed it and said no we're not going to let you do that okay my, and, mike uh, is is that yeah, a, is that a uh, labor is that a union labor workforce uh they do have uh, union members down there i don't know exactly the strength of it or anything like that but it, it seems to be that there's a it's a relationship that's pretty good between management and union, is from what I know. Okay, well, it'd be able it'd be interesting to see the percentage differences in the South Carolina plant and the Columbia um, County plant to to see if there's a, a little bit of friction there. And but the the also the situation here is is our governor is uh, just asleep at the wheel, uh, be it in his jeep, be it in his uh, recliner. Uh, there, there's just uh, a lot of frustration uh, going on and. Uh, I hope uh, Senator Gordner, and I'm trying to remember who your uh, state rep is up in that area because it's Columbia changed. County, Columbia. Dave Millard. Millard, that's Dave right. Millard, yeah. yeah, but I hope uh, Senator Gordner, and, and they're all on top of that. And, of course, uh, Congressman Muser, uh, great help uh, there. There, there. There should be no – again, when you look at the numbers, we just – pulled up Columbia County. I believe there's uh, tragically three deaths in Columbia County. Uh, you know, when you when you start to look at the uh, situation here, there, there should be no reason that uh, some of these businesses, particularly without the information coming out of Harrisburg on who gets a variance and for what reason, but uh, to, to have uh, people in peril like that losing their jobs uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless they can give us a safety reason. Don't you want to flatten the curve? <laughs> I think the air's out of the. Uh, I mean, it, all right. So we smushed it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're 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 getting to a point now where these protests are happening because people are are getting not frustrated but damn frustrated. All right. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks yeah. for calling in. Always appreciate your observations, Bobby. Uh, last caller before a quickie break. You're on the mark. Uh, yes, uh, Mark, uh, good morning. Bob Douglas. Uh, uh, ben, I have a question for you. What would be your, okay, from a business standpoint, uh, uh, you know, because you're dealing with employees and you're dealing with uh, possible warehouse and transportation issues uh, in, in, involved in the business, um, I'm going to say, how would you suggest to, to restart? Oh, good question. We'll let him answer that, and we'll let you listen at home. Thank you so much, Bobby. Good All right, question. thank you. Yep. Well, I think the three. What would you do? The three criteria that the governor Reichley, the president, put out uh, makes sense, and come down and and look at look at your state. Obviously, a state like Delaware, as small as it is, has different 
population centers, meaning Newcastle County is a lot uh, a lot uh, more populated, and those steps need to be looked at compared to uh, Lower Delaware, the two counties below. Uh, we got uh, Pennsylvania. Look at Pennsylvania. Look at the criteria. Look at the population base, and look at the numbers. But but here, here's an interesting part. Yes, you want to look at other situations, look at other states, look at the population base in certain states. But how can you be how can you buy liquor, buy cars, transaction real estate and do construction in New Jersey, in New York, in Ohio, in Maryland, in Delaware, West Virginia, and in Pennsylvania you can't. Now is that all 100% in each? So, uh, you know, we're going to find out, you, you know, put the president, do the litmus test on the president and his administration in the macro sense. But then let's get down. One important thing about politicians, Mark, and you know this, politicians, for the most part, 95% of them are trying to do what? Get reelected. <laughs> what doesn't this is governor... Is there anything wrong with that? Well, what doesn't this governor have to get? Reelected, so you know we're we're seeing just a, a you know fortunately a, a travesty of uh, of some common sense to a degree in how it affects Pennsylvania, how it affects the T compared to the populated areas. But my my rollout would be based on region, just just as the president's one two three, adapt that to your state and see what you can do. But I tell you what. At this point, the frustration is coming out compared to other states with higher, higher infection rates. Infection rates, I was going to say COVID-19 rates than, than we have here in Pennsylvania. But more businesses. All right, yeah, you mentioned the T. How about this? The three T's of President Trump's remarks yesterday. Trends. The downward trend must first be noted. Secondly, more testing must be available. And three, restart the idea of tracing. Where did you get it? Make sure you're going back to whomever is spreading it. Uh, testing, tracing, and trends are the part of the plan. We're going to talk to one of the individuals driving all the way down to Harrisburg yesterday for or next week for good reason. Uh, we'll have that very shortly here on WDKOK. You are listening to News Radio 1070 WDKOK. This is On the Mark, WDKOK live telephone talk show. And uh, we'll be back in a moment with uh, more of our show when we got a caller standing by. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, 1-800-795-9565 is going to be the open phone. One of our listeners says, I suggest Governor Wolf 
get out of his office, out of the city, and meet, uh, go on tours of the state and see what it looks like, and to do it again and again and again and see what's really happening in Pennsylvania. Mm, yeah, he likes, been, likes he, to drive his Jeep. This would give. He him, hasn't uh, left a home in, uh, since put May the top, 17th. Well, the weather has to get a little better, but uh, put the top down and go on a tour. Take the top off. Remember, he doesn't have to do a whole lot because he's not running for re-election. We asked for one of the callers who's headed down towards Harrisburg on Monday. Zach, thank you for calling in today. I do appreciate it. Good morning. Yes, sir. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Zach's active in the Union County Republican Party, and uh, you're headed down to Harrisburg. So tell us about the organizations that are kind of summoning people down here and why you're going down to Harrisburg. So the organization that is that is representing our, our uh, rally in Harrisburg on, on Monday is a Facebook group called Reopen PA. Um, and four days ago, this Facebook group had a total of 200 members. And as of last night, we topped 25,000 in four days. Um, so the momentum is, is building drastically, not just within our state, but especially in, in, in Pennsylvania, uh, to, to have our voices heard. And what would you like to see happen in Harrisburg? I know you're familiar with all the medical and uh, pandemic concerns that exist, but we could do this a different way. What would be a better way to do this? Absolutely. Uh, and, and one of the points that, that we really want to drive home is that none of us are trying to marginalize a life or marginalize the things that have happened. Every life is important. Um, but one of the, the conversations that's happening a lot around my area is that safety and financial security are not something that are mutually exclusive. Uh, we feel that Pennsylvanians can have the ability to effectively uh, combat the virus and provide food for their families at the same time. Um, by that standard, the, the CDC has released guidelines for safety uh, that are working. For example, distribution channels and supply chains um, in America are still operational. Um, and they've been able to mitigate the numbers of the virus while still um, still supplying businesses and medical facilities with uh, their needed PPE and different things around the country. Uh, so for us, this raises the question, why can't Pennsylvania businesses do the same thing? We can operate and still um, mitigate the virus with using by using the CDC guidelines. And the governor has seen it fit to uh, supersede the guidelines of the CDC and, and close all what he deems to be non-essential businesses in our state, and, and we don't agree with that. Um, there's also, within the shutdown, um, some inconsistencies, inconsistencies, such as uh, the governor has been threatening uh, fines and, and even jail time to people that are hairdressers and trying to provide for their families while letting convicts out of prison. Um, and a third big uh, top, uh, topic point of inconsistency was a conversation was had about um, car dealerships being shut down in Pennsylvania. Um, and then shortly thereafter, there was several members of the General Assembly that released a request form for the uh, security detail of the governor to go out of state and purchase vehicles for the governor's security detail. So... There's, there's a few different avenues um, that are, there's a few different conversations that are happening. Um, and one of the big one of the big things that's also being talked about talked about is the fact that economic suffering and physical suffering tend to go hand in hand. Um, there's an empirical correlation between unemployment and suicides and drug abuse. Uh, using past data, you can illustrate that for every one percent hike in unemployment, 
we tend to see a 3.3% increase in drug overdose and a 0.99% increase in suicides. Now, for national unemployment rates, Goldman Sachs economists have predicted that a mid-year unemployment rate of 32% for the United States. And if this would take place, that would correlate to the death of 77,000 Americans die from, dying from suicide or drug overdose. Yeah, Zach, uh, this is Ben Reichley. One, one of the things is, um, do you have, are you, any of the local politicians going to be with you at, at these rallies? Um, as far as coming with us, I haven't had any, any conversations with, with them coming out um, to the rally, but I know that there is a few. Uh, David Rowe is, is the state rep uh, for Union County, um, and he, he has come out in support of, of uh, Reopen PA and, and our cause, um, but I'm, I'm not aware of any that are going to be actually attending the rally. Could you see uh, if the governor vetoes the legislation that have been put by the House and the Senate, if he vetoes that, uh, hopefully there'll be an override. But uh, could you see a possible recall uh, situation coming up as uh, as we're starting to see in Michigan? I would certainly hope so. Um, I, I've had briefly had conversations um, uh, with with elected officials about um, the intent of trying to push a recall. Um, but whether or not that would go through, uh, we would just have to wait and see. Well, we certainly hope it doesn't come to this, but what we're seeing is uh, somewhat uh, just an email I just talked about uh, Governor Wolf getting out of his office, but there seems to be quite uh, a bit of tone deafness when it comes to what's really going on. And, you know, goodness gracious, New Jersey, New Jersey, when you can do things in New Jersey that you cannot do in <laughs> Pennsylvania, and, you know, again, we have a governor. New York has at least set a benchmark. You know, when the president sent the benchmark of Easter, at least it was going to be, okay, we're going to evaluate that and look and see what happens. Well, okay, then things were extended. So at least, you know, you have New York, people are saying, okay, gosh, we have to hunker down till May 15th and do these things again. We have a governor down there that, uh, I don't know, what's he got to go? Stick his wind uh, finger in the air and, 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 and try to figure out what's going on? But uh, lack of leadership is, is just getting frustrated. And also, uh, why aren't the, var- the when businesses get variances, why isn't that criteria released to the public? Absolutely, there's there's no transparency in in the governor's decisions on who can be open and who can't be open, and there is there's no accountability for that either in any manner. And and one of the things I learned over the last couple of days is that people that were were coming to me with. Um, issues that, that they've been uh, going through, and there, there's some tragic real-life stories that are that are branched out because of the government shutdown, and they were directed to call the governor's office, make your voice heard, speak to the governor's office about what you're going through, um, and then Governor Wolf conveniently decided, well, I'm going to tra- I'm going to I'm going to transfer all my phone calls to the PA Department of Health. <laughs> so if, right now, if you call the governor's office, you don't get through to the governor's office. You get through to the Pennsylvania Department of Health. And the so governor's hotline. Yeah. Well, right, exactly. Yeah. Well, remember, he he's not up for re-election. 
Uh, you know, he, he's, I, I, but, the, you know, our, our Republican leadership down in the Senate and the House needs to step up and, and make this, uh, make this a, a rallying cry for Pennsylvanians. I mean, our Commonwealth is better than this. And, you know, the people up in Union, Snyder, Northumberland, Montour, Columbia County, uh, Perry, Juniata, even Center, and Glycoma, I mean, we're, we're, you know, and others. We're seeing a vast difference. And, you know, the frustration is, uh, we're seeing this nationally, too, is what exactly do we do to shut this down and still be able to survive? All right. Thank you so much, Zach. Thanks for checking in. Do you have a last word, anything to add to our good conversation? Absolutely. Real quick, um, I know you're short on time, but I would just like to add uh, one of the points that we really want to drive home is that the rally on Monday, 420 at noon at the Capitol Complex, this is going to be a peaceful demonstration. We're not headed to Harrisburg with pitchforks and and torches, and and, and we're, we're practicing our constitutional right to assembly to have our voices heard in a safe and peaceful but meaningful manner so please come out please support the cause um but if if you're not looking to be safe and be peaceful at the demonstration then maybe maybe we could find a different way to have have your support and and the location is the steps of the capitol correct Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, they'll send it. Hopefully, somebody will take some pictures and send them to the governor down in York, so he'll he'll know what's going on. Thank you so much, Mike or Zach. Thank you so much for checking in. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I do appreciate that. Zach from Union County, one of the individuals going down to Harrisburg Monday. Uh, last caller before a quickie break is going to be Stan. Good morning, sir. This is probably the longest you've waited to get through. So thanks for <laughs> thanks for your patience. Well, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, as far as auto neum goes up there, yeah, we're in probably deep doo doo. Uh, it's been four weeks now since we were kicked out the door up there. Okay. All right. So they, you know, and last year that company lost eighty five million dollars. All right. So it's not doing it any good. Just to be new, not moving product, and so, we're not moving a thing. So Stan, is it a duplicated plant in South Carolina? Well, that, uh, we we have we have several we have I think between Mexico, Canada, and and U.S. I think there's six or maybe a couple more plants total that we we produce uh, mold carpet and stuff for the floor floors of you know carpet and the ones down in South Carolina produce for Mercedes, BMW, and they were working on a Volvo line. I'm not sure which ones are which, but I know that they've had problems down there because they bought <laughs> you wouldn't believe it Chinese equipment. All right, that was nothing but a problem from day one. Mm-hmm. And, and inexperienced people down there, they were scrapping carpet at a 75% rate. Wow. That's, yeah. And that plant, and then there's one that's uh, uh, Jeffersonville. It's either Indiana or Illinois. I'm not sure which one. They were having problems, too. So between those two plants in this company we've lost lost 80 about 85 million dollars last year well, the labor they costs, can't afford this kind of shutdown. yeah the labor cost must be astronomical yeah again 85 well, million yeah Holy. i think they're non-union down there mm-hmm. i think i think in south i mean we're union here in bloom okay it's not not a good union but it's a union uh, <laughs> well you know, the, the gov- governor wolf should be uh, on top of this because this is his constituent base uh, I got things to say about Governor Wolf, but you won't allow me to say them on the air. So well, I'll have to beep so, you out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. Uh, so, but yeah, that's 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 the problem. You know, Bloomsburg's 
You know, the flood didn't take us out, which is a surprise because we were down for over a month because of that. And, you know, they built the flood wall and all that, so we were pretty good, secure. But now the governor shut us down, and we can't do nothing. And your main, I mean, uh, you, you are familiar with the science, so when it comes to this pandemic, you are informed, so you do know about flattening the curve and how important this is. And well, I not, understand that. But, but this, like in, let me put you, explain something to your sure. company. But what they're looking for down in South Carolina is the flat carpet, the sheet carpet, all right, mm-hmm. with the extruded back. They'll mold, they mold it down there. The lines that that stuff is run on are probably two or 300 feet long, okay? There's five to six people in each one of those lines. They're spaced, you know, 20, 30, 40 feet apart. And, you know, if we have to go in there and run, mask, gloves, and they're, yeah. they're automatically social distanced. They don't have to be eaten at the same time. The guys on the forklifts can sanitize their no, forklifts between shifts. We could run. Yeah, there, there, yeah, Stan. There, there's a lack of understanding, commerce, functionality, and you would have hoped the governor would have had um, better information and, and more of information, or went to uh, Gene Barr to, to get Gene to get the uh, Pennsylvania Chamber of Commerce folks together, talk to people like Bob Garrett, you know, t- talk to regional chambers, regional business people, and understand what is safe to flatten the curve, but to also keep uh, commerce moving, which then keeps people working. Things move at a slower, but they're still moving pace, and then we work our way back to to whatever normal will be. But uh, no, this governor and his administration's been tone deaf. With the secrecy right. and, and, uh, and, and not the, listening to the size of guidelines, which make infinitely yeah, more CDC. sense. CDC, just go and, by and, the CDC. Right. Uh, and to say he has no plan? Yes, exactly. No that's, plan? That's and and these people that, you know, the lefties in this country are yelling at uh, Trump saying he has no plan, no idea what he's doing, blah, blah, blah. And we got a governor here who has no plan. He's going to talk to the other governors of surrounding states to see what they're going to do. Exactly. Who cares well, what the other states are Stan, going to do? It matters what Pennsylvania is going to do. Exactly. But the point is, he didn't talk to Maryland. He didn't talk to West Virginia. And he didn't talk to Ohio. He yeah. must have Republican governors. All right. Thank you so much, Stan. Really appreciate the call. Thanks for all the texts all the time. I appreciate that. And uh, happy happy smithing. We do appreciate oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go yes, ahead. Good luck. <laughs> okay. All right. 1-800-795-9565. we got a couple of occupied lines and a couple of open lines. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
Thank you so much for being on WKOK's live telephone talk show. We've got a lot to do in a short amount of time. We've got two callers waiting and a slew of emails. Uh, one of our listeners sends a text that says, I think we should listen to the scientists and not the politicians as to when we should reopen the country. We need to save lives and save industry, but save lives first. Well, says Than, uh, so thank you. President laid it out, a one, two, three program. Well, and let me you, read it here. You got this. Burks and you got Fauci and all those people down there. President Trump says in phase one, the plan recommends strict social distancing for all people in public. Gatherings larger than 10 people are to be avoided and non essential travel is discouraged. Phase two, when testing allows it, people are encouraged to maximize social distancing and limit gatherings to no more than 50 people unless precautionary measures are taken. Travel could resume. Phase three envisions a return to normalcy for most Americans and a focus on identification and isolation of new any new infections. But you have to do you do phase one. When you complete that, you get to phase two when the numbers are down. Then phase three. But also, we're going to go back and look at that. There there were some oh. models that were. Blown blown out of the water. Some of these scientific models were not near correct. And when they got called out on it, they hid behind the science. You know, we have the problem we talked about two weeks ago on the show here. We talked about the virus out of a, a, some form of laboratory. And we talked about the WHO, not the band, the WHO, but the health, uh, World Health Organization. And we had people callers questioning that. Well, that stuff all came out. And believe me, I had people telling me out of California back in January that they said there's something not right about this. And these were people who were in government years ago. That this virus doesn't make sense. Supposedly they were working on bats. These bats weren't even from the Wuhan province area. So again, you know, there's a lot. Of the, the models that came out initially, you know, why did uh, Governor Cuomo ask oh. for forty thousand? Ventilators when they ended up needing 15 or 16. Now, they took steps to, to minimize their need, but holy smokes, at, at some point, some of these models are going to be questioned. Mike, thanks for wa waiting. You're on the mark. Hi, you're welcome. You can hear me okay? Yep, you sound fantastic. Never better. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, okay, so just a couple of quick comments. Uh, generally speaking, I support Governor uh, Wolf. Um, I didn't vote for Trump, and I won't. But I am really disgusted with the establishment Democrats now because of this whole situation with Biden and this Tara Reid. I just feel like it's being covered up. And, you know, this is kind of why, you know, I, I left the establishment part of the party when Clinton came in because they're just too, I don't know, they're just pulling the wool over everybody's eyes. Okay, can, can I ask you a question? What, what, what you're saying, you're supporting what Governor Wolf is doing? Somewhat. Generally, generally, I support him. I think he's a pretty reasonable guy. He's probably trying to err on the side of caution. And I think people will be back to work, uh, you know, sooner than they think. But Well, hold it. He's, know, he's, giving, he, he's giving no information. That's not the point. Him because the, he's... the point is about Tara Reid. That's what he's really oh, calling. Okay. So you're, call, you're calling about Biden's problem with the young lady back in 93. Right. Yeah. Go, well, go ahead, Mike. Plus, I just heard your previous conversation, and I, 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 I'm not paying attention. I don't listen to the Pennsylvania report every day. You know, I'm abiding by what they say. I wear a mask. I stay at home most of the time unless I have to go out to the grocery store. But, uh, I mean, just generally speaking, since he's been in office, I find him to be 
reasonable considering he has a Republican House and Senate. So, I mean, you know, it's pretty much he's he's in a box, pretty much. All right, they but uh, this this Tara Reid stuff is uh, changing now. Her story changes too, depending upon which yeah. version of it. But nonetheless, uh, the uh, mainstream media continues to bury it. Now we do have a pandemic undergoing, so it might not enjoy front page coverage like it might have otherwise. But in either event, yes, it's definitely not getting the right amount of coverage. It's a bona fide sexual assault claim filed against or leveled against. I don't think it's uh, too, I think it's too late to do anything. Crazy criminal against Joe Biden, and it gets very little coverage. And, Mike, you're, you're right on target. Uh, a lot of people, we've talked about it once or twice this week, but uh, it's not getting any uh, any traction. Thank you so much. Thanks for checking in. I appreciate it. Glad to hear from you. Thanks for calling in. Kristen, last caller before a quickie break. You are now on the mark. Hi, Mr. Lawrence. How are you? Perfect. And uh, Ben's okay. <laughs> he doesn't Hi, like ben. being in the tent with just nitrous oxide. I feel like I'm at the dentist. Um, well, I was calling in a little bit about um, SB 613, um, and I've been listening to this conversation, and I found it really um, interesting. I just have a, I have a few concerns about the bill, because I've read through the legislation, and I think I understand where um, Republicans and small business owners are coming from, and workers. You know, I have small business owners in my family. And I think everybody wants to get back to work. But my concern is that the part of the bill that deals with the reopening of businesses is only a page long. It does not have any details. It points to the CDC guidelines for March 28th, but I went and read those guidelines. And they basically um, direct people to follow what their state and local officials are saying and their state department of health. Um, They're also advisory and over a month old. Um, but beyond that, it basically says the governor needs to come up with a plan in seven days. So I find it, I find it a little curious. I mean, I think everybody wants to get back to work, but I would say to members on the other side of the political spectrum, then you need to have a plan. We need to know what the guidelines are. Well, the, the plan has been laid out by the president. You can get into the details. You, if the governor is out with other, other. <laughs> Governors, and this isn't this isn't rocket science here. This is to understand what makes commerce work and keeping people to a high degree safe. Um, you're saying there's not enough details in in the SE uh, 613, which is the Senate bill that passed. SB, yeah. SB but you have the uh, House bill that also passed, and you, and you look into that. Uh, and if if the governor cannot come up in a plan, if he came up with a plan to shut everything down in 24, 36 hours, this shouldn't be difficult because you already have criteria now where you can see things, where where people can social distance, where people can do commerce. I mean, if you can go into a grocery store and buy groceries, if you can go pump gas, who the heck had their hand on that gas pump before you did? Did they come out and sanitize it? How come you can't buy a car? How come a construction crew cannot be working on a bridge wearing masks? If you've been on a construction site, rarely are you that close to each other. Now, put a mask on and go to work. Uh, so th- this isn't that hard to, to get difficult well, to get with, the get the commerce of Pennsylvania moving. With all due respect, I mean, construction workers in construction sites are already deemed essential. And car dealerships can complete sales online. 
But in this bill, the part that deals with reopening businesses is one page long out of like 15 or 16 pages. It only points to that memorandum from March 28th, which does not have any guidelines that deal with worker safety. Like my father works at Kohl's Hardware. How often do they have to wash their hands? How often do they have to disinfect the store? What, who provides PPE and care for the workers? Um, are they gonna, is the state going to reimburse the employer? the Coles family for providing those services to their workers? You know, what is the process for deeming them essential and non-essential? Well, and I, that, mean, that, I that's feel part. that's a valid argument Republicans have raised, but they're they're not proposing a way to fix it. Well, well, but the situation, when you said construction is essential, construction has virtually stopped. When I say that, virtually 80, 90 percent of construction has stopped. They're not working on the bypass up here. Uh, they're not doing other, I mean, I've seen a couple roofers doing some jobs, and those might be essential because of maintenance problems that people have to have the work done. But but construction is not open in Pennsylvania like it is in some other states. All right. Thank you so much, Kristen. Valid points. Yeah, we'll be sure to read 613. to look at uh, the details of it. And if the Senate did not put details in, uh, shame on them. Well, it's hard to read. The markup is difficult yeah, to read. What, what you need to uh, do is uh, see a, a version that they're actually voting on. Thank you so much, Kristen. Wise points also. We really appreciate your call today. Thanks. Yeah, yeah good, good. Thank you. And good you legitimate points that. All right. need to be asked or need to be answered. Ask and answered. we got a VIP on the phone shortly. We'll be talking to him. we got some texts and emails. we got to take a last break, and i got to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company, so I'm going to do that right now. Sunbury Motor Company is the sponsor of our show, and they are a very vibrant family-owned dealership since 1915. 4th Street Sunbury and Routes 11 and 15 Hummelsworth. Uh, you can find tons more about them at sunburymotors.com. One of the thriving operations they got mm. underway down there is the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. I haven't been there in almost a week, but I got repumped up with nitrogen, and they said, well, you didn't lose any over the winter, so you're well, good to go. nitrogen canister says Sunbury Motors on it. That's nitrous oxide. Oh, <laughs> That's slightly sorry. different. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they specialize in all types of service there, so they'll do your alignment. They'll pump you up with nitrogen. They can take care of the body shop. That is still thriving, mm. and they would just love for you to visit them at the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. Keep your social distancing. Make an appointment if you wish. This is one of the places where you do not need to necessarily interact with a human. Uh, you can drop <laughs> off your vehicle in the keys at night, and they'll tell you when it's done and how much it is. Yeah. You can leave a check in the drop-off, and and then the keys will be in the vehicle the next day, and they'll just take well, good care of you. It's what remember, they do. You in April put your order in online for that. Uh, oh, the Ranger. It's ready to no, go. No, no. Get that Mustang. Oh, the that convertible. red Mustang convertible. <laughs> get yeah, that they, online. Get that ordered. Uh, and I think Aren't they running that special that if you order a car in April, you get a free lunch at Penn's Tavern? I believe. Well, okay. We'll, well, we'll find out. Put, put that Mustang. Get you and April in that Mustang top down, cruising down a beautiful drive from Sunbury down to Fisher Ferry. SunburyMotors.com. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark 1-800-795-9565. Lance, we thank you so much for calling in. We've got a few moments left. You are on the mark. Okay, well, I'd like to thank everybody for the kind expressions of sympathy and the cards and the phone calls for the fan and everyone that has. I appreciate it. There were people who just listened to me on the radio I got cards from. So, but anyway, our governor is only doing his part. Uh, in order to be the most liberal uh, governor in the whole country, you'd have to win against the likes of uh, uh, Cuomo and uh, Jerry Brown, you know, which would mean he's a Maoist. He'd have to be. So what he's doing is stifling enterprise wherever he can and doing his part. You mean Gavin Newsom in California, right? Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Anyway, okay, I'll hold we go. Now, we talked about uh, abortion as a constitutional right. Your uh, guest you had one to start with? Uh, well, it's not it in is. the Constitution, well, he was, but it's... He was comparing what is constitutional, how, how you can manipulate the Constitution to... It's in the penumbra. Right. Yeah. Okay, all right. And as such, you don't need a right to... A, a reason to exercise it. But when it comes to carrying a gun, why... You need a reason. Yeah, it's, it only swings one way, right? Now, also, we're talking about the uh, Smithfield plant that shut down. Do you know that's owned by the Chinese? You're talking about the uh, uh, meat processing plant yeah, in yeah, South yeah. Dakota. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, well, their 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 um, umbrella company, their holding company, I believe, is is Chinese. Their direct company is is split up. But uh, yeah, I think you can follow the follow uh, they, the ownership. They bought her out hook, line, and sinker. I read it all in the journal some time ago. Um, now, also, think about the number of uh, Chinese communist deaths. Well, I think they're kind of underestimating because with one reason is, you know, there's 21 million fewer cell phone users in China as what there was at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year. Now, you kind of wonder what happened to all those people. Wouldn't you? Well, they all got that new app that follows them around so the government knows where they're yeah, at. No, they they're that. very much Chinese information is marginal at best. I think we've seen <laughs> that, and, and you know we've seen now what's coming out. So uh, it's it's not the Chinese people. It's the Communist Party yeah, leadership. Right. So when... So you know the the problem the problem with information from China, it's 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 marginal at best, and that's the same thing with the World Health Organization because you know they play to China. When Taiwan puts this out in late December, when when they make notice of this, and the World Health Organization poo-poos them, and then the Chinese turn around and do the same. Taiwan was on top of this. And uh, you know, seems like a lot of people missed the boat. And uh, yeah, when the fine. when the Chinese stopped domestic domestic travel out of Yuan, but allow foreign travel, then there's something up. But well, Lance, okay, look at this this way: you know, there's a communist Chinese 
overly concerned about how many people die in China. Unfortunately. Lance, no, I thanks, for, so. thanks for calling in and be well. Okay, yeah, be well. Hang in there, brothers. Lance, our good caller from the Herndon area. We thank everybody for calling in today. Yep, thank be you, safe. Sir. Get your masks ready for Sunday, right? All right, Sunday night. State Senator John Gordner calling in Monday morning. Joe McGranahan yep. will be back in the tent. SB 13, he'll have the answers. Right. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.